0: Hello, I'm Delia Delore, and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking, where we look at popular metaphors that we use constantly. We look at where they've come from and how we use them today. For the last couple of weeks, I've been spending more time with my family, who have actually made great effort to spend more time with me in that they've taken time off, they've rescheduled things that they would normally do. We had time to not talk about, well, how are you and all those normal things, but you know, their thoughts for the coming months and what they're planning to do in the coming years. And we spoke about all the things that would keep us back and hold back their dreams. And I shared some of my knowledge of when I was their age and also the things that are happening now that can help them to achieve their goals. And it was just such a wonderful time. And I wish that I had had that when I was growing up. So this week's show made me think about those people who don't have that kind of support. My guest today will be talking to you more about how his organization can help in that respect. And I suppose if there's a keynote for today's broadcast, it would be that sometimes a setback or a hindrance can seem insurmountable, but facing up to each one can help us to see the variety of solutions so that it becomes less daunting and cannot hold us back. And that was a common theme when I was talking to my children and they were telling me about the things that they and their friends have been going through. It's all been about the setbacks and how they face them. And if they had known what they know today, that they would have applied it what they did differently. And I know that you understand that because most probably you've been going through that yourself. My guest today is Adimola Adiba, and I'll be chatting with him about his work with London's young people in his Get Hench program. And of course, one of the slogans he uses in his mentoring, which is Be Your Awesome. But he's also brought a saying that he likes to use to describe his kind of hindrance. He calls it an extra-large pink elephant in an extra-small black and white room. So let's first of all have a look at that quite complex metaphor. Now, of course, a grammarian may frown on this as a mixture of metaphors, and so it is, but with good reason, I think, because each part of it adds depth and power to the basic principle. Like ingredients in a beautiful cake, each element adds its own layer of flavor or message. So let's look at an extra large pink elephant in an extra small black and white room. Yes, thank you! (laughs) First, there's the elephant. I get the feeling we may be hearing from him a few times today. But then, why is it pink? And why is it not just large, but extra large? And why is it in the room? An extra small room? And why is the room black and white? Well, if we think of the things we're most likely to find in a room with us, an elephant would be pretty far down the list. So having an elephant for company would probably be unexpected, just like most of the problems that arise to hold us back if we let them. That's the first thing. But also, there's its sheer size. Elephants are the largest animals on land. And if there was one in the room, it would be pretty hard to ignore. Yes, thank you again. Pretty hard to ignore. In fact, an elephant will dominate most rooms just from its sheer size. Well, unless it's a baby, in which case it will dominate because of its huge cuteness. (laughs) But in our metaphor today, the Ellie, you know what, isn't just as large as they come, but extra large. So the problem already seems so much bigger than before. This image is commonly used to describe those situations where something that is hugely obvious and problematic is being politely ignored. No one is talking about it or even referring to it. It's as if it doesn't exist. All right, so we have an L, something very, very large in the room. But why is it pink? Well, we've heard of white elephants, which is another another metaphor we may look at in the future that suggests. Rarity, but pink ones aren't just rare, they're impossible, not even real. So what's the point here? Well, pink elephants is in fact a euphemism for being drunk or high. It describes an example of the sort of weirdness a person might see if they were hallucinating. The darkly surreal scene in Walt Disney's film Dumbo is one of the most famous animation sequences in the history of film and plays no real part in the storyline. You might also recognize the music from this short clip.
1: Look out, look out, pink elephants on parade, here they come, hippity-hoppity, they're here and there are big elephants everywhere.
0: From the point of our metaphor today, pink elephants are completely imaginary. (coughs) And can be quite annoying, completely imaginary. My privilege to bring to you one of the great scientists of our time, Dr. Robert Bruce Cameron. Thank you, Mr. Pratt ladies and gentlemen this mythical elephant is simply a product of our troubled times uh, too much anxiety too much worry pressures it is quite obvious to the ordered line that such a thing as this elephant could
1: not possibly exist ladies and gentlemen the opinions of the speaker do not necessarily represent those of this station
0: Presence and the pinkness have been two very common metaphors for generations before Dumbo was released in 1941. The elephant motive came into English idiom during the days of the British Empire in India. Politely ignoring the obvious was part of what's been called the British stiff upper lip. The pink color denoting hallucination, came slightly afterwards. Perhaps Jin and Quinine had a part to play here. The room we're talking about here is small, so there was never much space to start with, certainly not for such a large animal, as well as you or me. But now our metaphor has made the room extra small, so it's a very tight squeeze indeed. Here's a clip from the Mark Brothers. Did you want your nails long or short? You better make them short. It's getting kind of crowded in here. I don't know, this isn't the way I pictured an ocean voyage. I always visualize myself sitting in a steamer chair with a steward bringing me bullion. Come on, Ricardo. You couldn't get any uh, bullion uh, in here unless they brought it in through a keyhole. How do you do? This How boat will be in New York before you can get to that phone. I seem to mop up. Just the woman I'm looking for. Come right ahead. The guard on the ceiling is the only place that isn't being occupied, as I've already suggested, we can see the room as a metaphor in itself, a metaphor for any situation we find ourselves in- a project we've undertaken or a decision we need to make. Why is the room black and white? Well, we can think of the sentence "It's all there in black and white," which traditionally denoted that something was published and therefore more likely to be true. It's been shown that black and white, high contrast images can be used to relax and stimulate infants, often moving and accompanied by classical music. It's well established by science that babies develop edge perception very soon after birth, which helps to prevent them from falling from height and also leads directly to the perception of change and separation. The starkness of black against white helps this to develop, and complexities, including coloured shapes, can be gradually introduced. Colours are subjective and open to interpretation, but black and white are absolute, so black and white shapes and backgrounds give the clearest edges. Well, let's leave our metaphor for a little while because I'm sure you're as eager as I am to hear from my guest today. So while my colleagues are taking the rather loud you-know-what out of the studio, let's talk to Adimola Adiiba. Adimola, thank you for joining us on Metaphorically Speaking. Firstly, can you tell us about... Get Hench. And I have to say, I really love your tagline Be your awesome. That is awesome. And also, can you tell us about 1,000 Black Boys? And do they link in any way?
1: Thank you. I mean, firstly, thank you for having me um, on Delia. It's a real pleasure. So, Get Hench, love to tell you about that. We started life initially as purely a fitness brand uh, fitness clothing type company. And for us, it really grew where GetHench is now more about developing the most important muscle in the human body. So your, your brain and your mind are really developing that because when your mind works well, things work well in health, in fitness, they work well in business, they work well in relationships and they work well in life generally. Whenever things happen in life, you've got the mindset and the mind to deal with it and to thrive regardless of what happens. With 1,000 black boys, it's definitely connected. So with GetHench, we do work with entrepreneurs, founders, business owners, uh, people that are, I call them nine to fivers, but have also got a side hustle. And then we started to work with 10 to 25 year olds and their parents. So we take our tools, our learning, our ideas, and started to work with young people. And I saw, like over in the UK, there's a real problem with knife crime. Especially in London, there's a real problem with knife crime and especially with young black boys being killed on the streets of London. When I looked at the stats in 2018 and 2019, 70% of teenagers killed in London were black boys. And I just thought, no, that I'm not okay with that. So we launched 1,000 Black Boys with a vision of inspiring young black boys, young black men to unleash their potential and to live a life of purpose. And that when that happens, we get to transform the world. So both brands are definitely linked. So Gethenge is the limited company and 1000 Black Boys is our social enterprise. Our message, it's about inspiration. It's about life working. It's about you waking up in the morning and you really love your life and you can really go for what you want in life. So that's how both businesses are connected.
0: In order for you to take that first step to make the life that you want to live in, mm. you have to have some form of Confidence, and I find that a lot of people, whether they're professional or people who have a dream and they can do it but they haven't done it, they suffer from low self esteem. They just feel that they haven't got what it takes, although they are dying, they have a burning desire to do something, to make something of their lives. How would you encourage? people who feel like that to take that first step that's one question and the second question is who or what do you think is mostly responsible for someone's self-esteem
1: really great question because i i work with clients i work with people who have the same challenges so before i resigned while i was was working the thought i had to deal with ideally was a thought around how are you going to do that People aren't going to listen to you. They've got Tony Robbins. They've got Eric Thomas. Like, who are you? Like, why are they going to listen to you? So I had to to deal with that. I had to get past that. So my first step would be to share that with people authentically, that you are not alone. It's a human condition that every human being faces in what shape or form. And the power comes from actually taking that on. You take on that thought process. You take on those thoughts of anxiety. You take on those limiting beliefs. And then, what well, I'd also say, whether or not people work with us, I always tell people, have coaches, have mentors. Because how human beings grow is having that accountability and that support. It makes a huge, huge difference. So those are the things that I'd share with them. And then to the other part of your question, for self-esteem, who's responsible for it? When someone's young, when, let's say, a child is born and a child is uh, a few months old, and a child now becomes a toddler, and a child is now four, five, six. At that age, I would say that the parents are responsible, the guardians are responsible for building that child's self-esteem and for giving that child the fundamentals of what they need to grow and be, be their awesome and be this incredible person that they are here to become. As you get older, the level of responsibility is now no longer the parents or the guardians. And I would say that as an adult, it gets to a point in your life where you are responsible.
0: Looking at what you do within your organizations, that was really a core thing for me when I I thought, yeah, I can see you've got some wonderful things going on there that will help people who really want to find a way. But it's just like when you're on a diet, that first step, you know, it's
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got involved in business age 19. And I'd be asked, hey, let's go to a boardroom. So I'd be sat in a boardroom. They'd be asking questions about, well, what are clients saying? How do we respond? I know the answer to this question. But literally, I'm sat there and I can feel myself getting so nervous. My palms are getting clammy. My heart's beating fast. And I just know if I open my mouth, my voice is going to shrink. I thought, why do I always do that? Why do I always shrink when it gets to a meeting? Why do I always get nervous in front of people? And it was only when I started my journey of self-development. I saw that I had things that I hadn't resolved with my dad. I had to deal with that to give me freedom when it came to being able to speak with people and actually go for the things that I want in life.
0: The other word you've just said there, you say to people, you had to deal with it. They have to deal with it. How do they deal with it?
1: It starts from having an honest conversation with yourself and seeing that you are the common denominator in those relationships, You're the common denominator when it comes to your finances. You're the common denominator when it comes to speaking in front of people. If you can just be vulnerable, be honest, and start from that place first, you are now starting to deal with yourself. The next step that I'd say is find people around you, whether you find a coach or a mentor. I'd say coach specifically or put yourself on a program where you can take on – the things that you are unconsciously unaware of that run you and that run how you think, have people around you that can pull that up and support you to deal with it.
0: Of course, you're on Metaphorically Speaking, so Mm -hmm. you have to come with a metaphor, which you did. The extra large pink elephant in an extra small black and white room. How does this saying impact your life?
1: So 1,000 Black Boys, when we launched it, Some friends asked me, why 1,000 black boys? Why not just 1,000 boys? Because if you're just saying black boys, are you just excluding everyone, aren't you? I said, no, guys. The extra large pink elephant in an extra small black and white room is the fact that 70% of teenagers that were being killed in London were black boys. The fact that there's a high exclusion rate of black boys within, within the school system in the UK... And then that exclusion rate leads to a pipeline that takes them to prison. That's a high, it's a high rate. So there's all of these things. And these are things that people normally like to ignore or they look away from. So literally, they're in this extra small black and white room and this is this really big pink elephant and they pretend like there's no elephant in the room. But the stats are there. So for us, that's why we started 1,000 Black Boys. The stats were telling us, that certain things weren't working with black boys and young black men. And we just said, do you know what? Enough, let's go and deal with it.
0: Let's go back a little bit, because I asked you about the outcome of your recent uh, event with the 1000 Black Boys. How did that go?
1: It was brilliant. So this was in May. We had an incredible lot of speakers. We had people that turned up that listened and were inspired by it. One of the boys who spoke is a 14-year-old boy who was on our mentorship program November, December last year. So this boy's got a card business. We brought him onto our inspiration event to literally build his confidence, to give him a platform to promote his business and to share it with the world. And he absolutely loved it. Uh, Gave him even more confidence, gave his business exposure. And we also had other people come along who were doing things within their companies that people from our community, young black boys, young black men, whoever wants to, can actually partner with those businesses to grow their ideas and grow their businesses. So it went very, very well.
0: Eddie what are you working towards now?
1: We're about to launch our new website for GetHedge, which would literally capture our new vision, uh, capture all the different things we're doing. And we're super excited to that launch in. And we're super excited to actually see more about us and seeing how bright and clear our vision is now. And as well as that, we're also going to be launching a series of mentorship programs later on this year. Some will focus specifically on black boys and young black men, and some will focus on young people generally. Uh, So those are things that people can partner with us on. And also for people that are out there that are looking forward to support with their coaching and development, we're launching our group coaching programs. So there's lots of things that we've got lined up for the next few months.
0: So how can people find out about this project? How can they join in?
1: Just go to gethench, so G E T H E N C H dot co. UK, and join our mailing list. So from there, we'll keep you posted about everything that we're doing. Uh, similar things, so with 1000 Black Boys, it's 1000blackboys.com, 1, so 1000 in terms of digits, so 1000blackboys.com. 0, 0, 0, uh, join our mailing list on there as well, and we'll keep you posted about what we're doing, and you can see all the exciting stuff that we're up to. And additionally, of course, you can follow us on. On social media on instagram on twitter we're on youtube um so just find get hench on there and you can sort of get underscore hench on instagram that will find us and 1000 black boys on instagram that will find us and then from there you can see our other social media platforms
0: well animal it's been a pleasure talking to you uh you've really inspired me it makes me proud as well you know to know that we oh, have people like you and your organizations that care about our community and really want uh, to, to help us work, to make us work, especially, unfortunately, in our community where we have, you know, absent, mostly absent fathers, where we need them, we really need them. So there is, to me, uh, there is no substitute, really, for having a man in your life, and it, whether it's a, a father or a non-father, but when you have someone places that you can go to for support that will put you to the edge of where you feel comfortable and uncomfortable and then bring you across and make you feel happy about yourself and your life and how you can contribute towards your community and your family. I think it's wonderful. So thank you so much for doing all that you do.
1: Delia, thank you for your acknowledgement. Um, I appreciate it. And yeah, it does make a difference. And also thank you for, thank you for the platform.
0: Well, thanks for all your insights, Adimola. It's been our pleasure to hear about your work and the wonderful influence it's having on young lives. Thank you. Now, returning to our metaphor for today, an extra large pink elephant in an extra small black and white room. Let's look a bit more at what we might learn from it. If we think about any project we're engaged in, something we may be trying to achieve, and use the metaphor of a room to represent it. The size of the room might be the space that we feel we have to do what we need to do, or the freedom to achieve our aims. Difficulties, we perceive, however, may loom very large and problems seem insurmountable, as if our room was very small and had a very, very large elephant in it, as well as ourselves and any colleagues we have in the enterprise. There's. An implication in that metaphor that everyone in the room can see the elephant, but everyone is holding back from mentioning it for fear of embarrassment. Once we acknowledge it, and especially if we recognize that most of the difficulty may be in our imagination, like a pink elephant, we can carry through much more effectively. And I hope you've understood that because it happens so much where we have people All in the room, we know that something's going wrong and no one wants to speak up. We looked at the way the visual contrasts between black and white shapes make things look very simple, easier for newborn babies to come to grips with. But in adult life, the idea of seeing things in black and white, a metaphor in itself, of course, can have either positive or negative results. In this song, artist Niall Horan Explains how definite he is about a relationship by referring to it as black and white. See black and white clear on a night. Never be another. I, that I love you. I see us in, white, in contrast to this positivity though, a heated discussion may end in frustration with one partner berating the other. Everything's black and white with you. Life's more complex than that. As well as edges, the contrast between pure black and pure white is as its simplest and illustrates many other binary ideas, right or wrong, on or off, zero or one, pros and cons, yes or no. With no tones in between and no colors to distract, it simplifies decision-making. Seeing choices in simple form can make decisions much quicker and easier and is therefore a boon to business-minded people. Of course, all our decisions lead somewhere. Every turn we make in a project or enterprise has outcomes. Sometimes what holds us back is doubt over the outcome and it may be an elephant in our room, so to speak. In scientific terms, the inability to care about outcomes is psychopathic it's a detachment from the emotions that normally go along with our decisions the possible outcomes of our decisions may be the elephant in our room on the other hand the ability to dismiss distractions is recognized as a key factor in business leadership so where does that leave us how can we apply our metaphor to our own lives in going forward being able to see the elephant in the room is healthy Being able to admit that it's there is healthy, but here's the twist. Sometimes it's pink elephants that we see, or think we see. It pays to recognize that our hindrances might be imagined, not real, and therefore give ourselves more space and freedom to achieve and enable much clearer decisions. The message is that it's better to acknowledge and deal with a blockage openly rather than have it just be in the way all of the time. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. My thanks, of course, go out to you for listening and to my guest, Adimola Adiba. He really has made me start thinking about his quote and how many times I've experienced it without realizing. Don't forget, if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach us at colourful.com, go to the presenters page. There you'll see me, Delia Delore. Click and send me a message there. You can also email me at delia at metaphoricallyspeaking.uk. We'd love you to share the show with your friends or leave a review on colorful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify and all major streaming platforms. We depend on you to help us grow so we can produce the best content for you to enjoy. Before you join us for another metaphor next week, please go to our Facebook and Instagram pages where you'll see some really wonderful graphics and questions and things that our social media manager, Odua, has put together. And we really need you to like the post because it helps us to recognize and realize that we're doing a good job and that we're doing and bringing you the metaphors that you want. I'm speaking for my team who are just so wonderful and put their heart and passion into this show. So I'd really appreciate if you could just visit our pages, go onto the Instagram or Facebook, whichever one you prefer, and please like, and even better still, please place a comment and let us know which metaphors you would like us to research. And I like to say, actually investigate. We always find out something very different than we actually thought the metaphor was going to turn out to be. So until next week, I'm Delia Delore. Keep safe. Goodbye.